Hey, welcome to the One Life Podcast. We talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things that we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast, joined as always by co-host of the podcast and our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Great to see you, Sarah. And, and we're here, and it's the, the two of us, with, and we're guestless. No guests today. No guests today. Which is going to be okay. I mean, yeah. it's not, we, we always like um, listening to people's stories. and For sure. But it's okay to chat back and forth, just you and I. Yeah, and I since I we don't have a guest, I snagged one of our good mics. Um, which right, is always fun go. to That's try right. out. You know, I yeah. use a different mic usually. I know. Yeah, you sacrifice your own quality <laughs> for someone else. Well, That's I great. want uh, our guests to have the best sound uh, out here, but I'm kind of an audio, I don't know, nerd is the word, I guess. I've noticed and that. Yeah. I like looking at different gear, and we have a couple decent mics, and then the one that I use is pretty good too, but um, yeah, it's fun to try it out. Yeah, so. Good job. Um, yeah, so normally we have a guest on the podcast, have a little bit of a conversation, but sometimes we've also done some things where we've done some, some questions where people have sent questions in, and um, we've had some things from our kickstart class where people have asked questions and we've kind of uh, had some discussion about him here ask brett um i know you even said yesterday as we did some of this live in the room you're not the answer man but it's a space where we want to create some conversation and allow people to ask some questions but all this spurred from something we're trying out called one life explorer edition uh, if you've been around one life church at all we've done some things in the past called projects and no one ever knew what that meant so we started calling them <laughs> one life explorer edition to give them kind of their own brand and the idea is that someone exploring church exploring faith uh, maybe exploring consciousness or existence in general asking some of the tough and questions of life that uh, they'd have a place to come in and, and just have some space to do that yeah, we um, uh, we finally stepped out, and we wanted to do it in a more accessible way because the projects, what they were, the, the idea, the way I describe it, is like envision having a couple hundred people who are not believers in the room, and just imagine what would you do, what would you say, and how would you say it, uh, and then we just kind of use our creative. Um, uh, you know, insights to maybe communicate to people that we know kind of come that don't assume certain things that we often assume in church. That like, if you if you're used to the church environment, uh, you have your decoder ring, so to speak. You kind of walk in and you know the stuff. Uh, whereas, and it can be very very meaningful to you. But if you're someone from outside of it who hasn't done it a lot or maybe not at all, uh, and I know there are people like that, and they step into the room, how can you build bridges bridges to them of communication? And so, uh, but we we used to do these elaborate versions of that, which is a lot of fun but the last one we did was in 2018 i think it was that yeah the mind project yeah it was called the mind project and it was a lot of fun we did a lot of creative elements and we we pulled out all the stops but we haven't done one since 2018 because one of the reasons is because they're so elaborate that we uh we just didn't see how we could put that much manpower into something any more often than that so one life explorer edition is going to is kind of taking the same principle but uh, pulling back a little bit on the on that level of production, so we can make them more accessible and try it. The goal is to do the next six months once a month, and do some that are a little bit more elaborate than others. Some very simple, some a little bit more complex. And uh, but the same basic idea: what would you do if you just had a room full of unbelievers? How would you communicate to them? And so I think it's a great exercise for a lot of reasons. And uh, and we stepped out uh, this past Sunday and did the first new version of them and uh i i, I enjoyed it uh yeah. it was stripped down compared to the ones we've done in the past but uh it, you know it was i i like to think it was and hope it was effective in some yeah. sense yeah yeah and one of the things that we were able to do this time uh, as opposed to 2018 i mean 2020 kind of forced everybody to think about how can you be a little more digital uh available right. yeah. for people to watch and we were able to record a little bit higher quality of this and it's online you can find it on our youtube page kind of push uh, people there to check it out if you would like to watch the entire one life explore edition from this past week um talking about 
fallen? Uh, why do so many Christian leaders fall and how should we respond to it? Um, you can find that out uh, on our YouTube page. Just search One Life Church. You can also find out onelifechurch.org. Uh, there's a lot of other content on the YouTube page as well, so check that out. Yeah, it's um, and and that's what we want to get better and better at is, is providing resources for people who are exploring. And I also think that even if you are a believer and you are used to church, I think if you'll look at it from another angle and you kind of see it through the eyes of someone that maybe doesn't believe exactly like you do and think of it that way, it actually deepens your faith because uh, I think it's a good mental exercise. So that's another reason I think believers should go to these things and one lifers should be involved, even though, like for instance, we didn't stand and sing worship songs yeah. uh, at the service. We didn't do that. We opened with a share song we did if i could turn back time <laughs> if i could turn back time and uh, i asked you before that like if you knew that you were familiar with that song i didn't know how yeah for it, sure i mean you know. I, has I, it been I, in other things i mean you, you probably don't remember it from when it was actually released see i remember it was released it was the year i was married was it you said 34 80, years ago okay 87 i think it was the was the yeah i would have been pretty young i was born I was born. <laughs> you were born. I was born eighty four. So okay, eighty four. Uh, so you probably weren't watching the video every day. No, you know, probably or anything not. Like that, but uh, but it's definitely one of those things. I'd remember the song, and then obviously it just radio in general. I'm yeah, sure I guess it just shows times, up but, at different times, so yeah. it wasn't unfamiliar to people. And but, Cher yeah. has a distinctive sound. So yes, I mean, she does very, very, very much so. What's funny is I was telling somebody out. We're starting with a Cher song. They're like. What are you sharing? Like they thought it like S H really A R E. They're like they didn't know, and then they're like, "Oh, you mean share?" Like oh, but they C-H-E. still knew her. Okay, yeah, I but thought, they thought oh, I was okay. saying because it's like I never have thought like, and I say right. share like the artist. I, I okay. never thought of S H A R E and C H E R being the same word, but they are. They are. Yeah, that's right. I never so thought I, of that. In sympathy to that person. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> they just kind of put those together. Okay. Yeah. So uh, again, the one thing that we kind of closed out with was a question uh, Q and A, where people were able to text in questions and um, anonymously, and and Brett kind of sat down and graciously answered some of them, or at least kind of processed through them as best as possible. And um, we want to continue some of those questions here on the podcast, and we're going to try and continue to do this as we do more explore editions. The goal is to do one a month uh, for six months. I believe this is a try. We're going to try and, and then we'll evaluate at the end of that and evaluate. see if we want to do another six months. Yeah. And if not, we won't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's got a lot of work. Um, so our goal here is I'll just kind of read, um, I think most of the questions we were able to get to live, uh, yeah. we only had a few questions that come in, had come in after, but we may bring a couple of the other ones back up, uh, cause there seemed to be, a, um, a little bit of a trend on a few of them and maybe yeah. ask some of those, but all right. But they were, yeah. And, and they were really, really good questions. I was impressed by the depth and the thoughtfulness of them. It really was. Yeah. It was very encouraging. Yeah. And if you have questions, more you want to add to it, I mean, you can always email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. Let's come to me. And I promise I won't, um, I won't give your name out. I just want to know the questions. So go ahead and send them to us. But uh, all right, Brett, you ready for the first question? I think so. We'll all see. right. So this one came in uh, yesterday and it said, how can we help someone? Actually, I guess we should talk a little bit more about what the topic was. I just briefly mentioned it. Oh, that's true. Um, in case you're just kind of joining us. Yeah, in case you haven't listened on. Yeah. to the to the actual One Life Exploration one, again, I would recommend you do that. Go to One Life Church. Just search for it on YouTube. Uh, you can find that message called Fallen. Uh, why? What, what what happens when Christian leaders fall? So, and yeah. the idea is we know that a lot of Christian leaders uh, over the years, and we hear more and more recently, I feel like, um, have fallen. Yeah. Uh, prominent leaders, people that have been very public, and sometimes they're people that we really look up to. I know that you had a couple stories yesterday, you shared that, of like Ravi Zacharias and Bill Hybels and um, yeah. people that have led in a lot of um, impactful ways, and then they fall, and yeah. we want to talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. So, a question. First question. Um, how can we help someone regain trust in the church when they've been burned before? 
How can we help them regain trust when they've been... Uh, you know, um, I don't know that I have any, you know, one, two, three-step answer. I can think in terms of... I think sometimes we we need, we definitely need someone from the outside. I remember a leader that I respected who hasn't fallen to my knowledge. Uh, his name is Henry Cloud. I have a lot of respect for him, and he's been very helpful. He's a psychologist uh, and psychiatrist and a theologian. He actually has a theological degree. And he said, first of all, anytime your mind is stuck, uh, and he said that does happen. It's a psychological thing. Your mind can be just kind of, if, if you've ever just kind of gone over and over and over on a subject, he said, by definition, you have to have outside input. But you also have to have someone, and this is what a good counselor will do, who can bring, um, who can bring you back a little bit more to reality. Because he said sometimes we will, we'll, our minds will get in a groove, and this especially can happen in a negative sense, where you can have something bad happen, or you can have a few bad things happen in a row. And he said you can make that first of all, you, your mind can think it's um, pervasive. First of all, well, everything's bad in life. It is if you go through a couple bad things. Everything looks bad, no matter what it is. But then second of all, your mind can even go so far as to, uh, to um, convince you that it's permanent. And he said, we all know that's not true, but you need an outside source. You need some, an outside a coach, a counselor, or a book, or some kind of outside thing to let you know that's not real. And that's what happens to people, I think, when you really get burned. Uh, it's easy to think, okay, this is pervasive. This is everywhere. This is at, this is at every church and every Christian and it's permanent. It's just gonna. It's just gonna keep on going. And and if you really step back, any of us, if we step back and think about it, are like, okay, that's not really real. Um, but and we talked a little bit about this yesterday that you, you we do tend to lock into the negative a little bit more than the positive. If you really have a negative experience you'll not notice the positive as much. And that's human nature. I said if, you're, if, if there's 100 light bulbs on in a room and they all work, but there's one that's out, you'll notice the one that's out. You just will. But you have to sometimes back up and think, okay, other light bulbs are on. Other light bulbs do work. And it's the same in life. And so you almost have to have, I, I think, to get someone back to a trusting place, you got to start. You, there's someone in your life that you do trust. There's some church person. Uh, it doesn't have to be a pastor. It could be just a friend. Uh, I have many people in my family that I love and respect that I know walk the walk and really did uh, the stuff well. And think through the people that you do know and you do trust that really do hold to these things and haven't fallen. And there's a lot of them. You can even list them off. Like, okay, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. You can keep going through, and then you go through history or whatever else. And then maybe attach yourself to someone or just look and have them walk with you through that, just starting with a friend or a family member or something like that, and begin with what you do trust in small ways yeah. and walk back in. Uh, uh, but I think that's a good principle across the board in life sometimes when you, because you can, we all do this. We've all had sort of glasses on after a negative experience that just have us interpreting everything as bad. Sure. And, and really that's never true. Uh, no matter how rough life gets, it's never true that all things, period, are bad across the board. And we certainly can't say that about the church in general. So you got to have someone help you to be realistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, from my seat as being someone who was exploring one life, I wasn't wasn't here the very first day we launched or part of the team that launched it. But I think that was kind of the idea it was to be a place for people that had felt like they'd been even hurt by church. Yeah to find a place again where they could just come in and ask the questions that maybe they weren't allowed to ask or process through the things they felt like they weren't allowed to, or at least that was my seat, uh, what I saw and why I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and I think not that we're perfect by any means, you know, we've had oh, our exactly. own sure. share of, oh, yeah. of issues and um, that's a thing, but I, 
even when you're saying that though, I think a follow-up question that someone didn't ask, but I would even ask like, is there a point um, if you have been even, I guess this person asked if they've been burned by the church when it's time to find a new community of people. I mean, like, I think that there's a point where you're, it's going to feel like, yeah, this isn't the place for me anymore. I've had too many trust barrier, trust broken right. um, to find a place where I can. And I love that you're saying find someone that you don't have that with that has uh, continued trust. You still have continued trust with them yeah. and be able to build off of that. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's one of those things that that is why leadership is so important. I don't have a problem with someone saying, because the leadership of a community is going to be the rudder of the ship that takes that community where it's going to go. And so it's legitimate to say the leadership is headed in a direction or has done things that have compromised my trust to the point where I really need a ship that's headed in another direction. Mm -hmm. Even if the people themselves beyond the leadership are solid and sincere, because they will be. I mean, you're always going to be able to find that. But leadership is a key thing. And that's why it is so devastating. Why do Christian, when Christian leaders fall, it's not just, there are Christians who fall, but when there are people with platforms and and who are affecting, because they do, it's just a principle of life. They'll affect hundreds or even thousands of people one way or the other. So I think that's, it's a good question to ask. Do I trust the leadership of this, of this place enough to go forward and if i have questions around that yeah it probably is a good idea to kind of move over but that's a good time to talk to people who uh, who do trust the leadership where they are right uh I, i've also and this is kind of an interesting point of not and again we're no we're not perfect we've actually I, mean, I don't mind talking about those things uh we have had issues in our leadership where we've had people fall and do all those things we're not immune to that but I have had people literally come and say, we came here to heal. And they literally just kind of sat in the back and were here for a while. And once they healed, they moved on. Hmm. They didn't move back to where they were, but they came here because it was a place that some people have even told me it was kind of a place I could hide and know anybody, but I wanted to worship. I wanted to be in a place where there was prayer and sermons and all that sort of stuff. But I just needed to heal without yeah. connecting too much. And I think that's wonderful. I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing to do if you're in one of those places, just slip in the back somewhere because that community thing the Lord does want for you. And he wants you to hear his word. He wants hmm. you to worship. He wants you to be in that. So that's a great step to take sometimes. Yeah, I've never heard that, but it honestly makes me really happy to hear that people would find a, this to be a place where they can do that, um, just kind of be there. And yeah, just be and there's just been more something. than once. I mean, through the years, it's just uh, people have confided in me that. And uh, we've had people stay when they've said that. Yeah. I, I can think of a couple right now that are very involved, but when they first came here, they said, we want you to know that we are coming off a hurt situation and we don't know where we're going to end up. We want to be here and we're just going to chill out and we... And I said, okay, I'm going to respect that. Yeah. And I'll check in with you every now and then. And you tell me when you want to make some kind of move or do something. And they did. They came back and said, we really think we're ready to be involved now. But it was a while. It wasn't like a next week. It was like a year, wow. something like that. So wow. I was thinking, as you're talking about trust to it, kind of go back to a conversation we had with Paul Lingy on our podcast um, quite a few episodes ago, but you can find that episode, check it out if you haven't already. And, and he was talking about that. Like that's one of the biggest things. Like we can have, I can have a hundred conversations with someone 99 of them are good and one of them breaks completely trust from everything and everything's yeah. broken at that point. And yeah. when you think about in relationship, it's so much harder. Like, I mean, I love your illustration of the light bulb, but there is that point where when that trust is broken, it's very hard to rebuild it. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and, um, and, and people that the people that you will be restored to are most likely the people who are going to understand that. Yeah. Those are the ones. But if you if you have people that want to, 
uh, hydroplane over that issue, they're probably not the people that are, you're ever going to be able to trust. Yeah. But if someone violates your trust and they do understand how much it costs to get it back, that's probably the person you can rebuild trust with. It's kind of a principle of uh, at least they understand that. That's how I gauge kind of people who are really genuinely sincere. Yeah. And, and others that just kind of want to get, be, you know, want to say they're sorry and get on with life. <laughs> sure. Which can happen. Um, okay. We'll, we'll go on to another question. You're, you're going to be the coach on this. I'll let you On just decide. picking the questions? On just deciding yeah. when we move on and what we sure. do. Sure. So uh, this one was a little more personal for you, Brett, asking oh, if dear. you have been hurt by the church. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's almost like a trick question in a way. Not a bad one. Uh, it's just kind of a trick one. Because I absolutely have been hurt within the context of the church and by by Christian leaders and things. I've I've been hurt by I talked about you know the Ravi Zacharias thing. Ravi Zacharias was a hero of mine. He wasn't just a, a nice author that I mean he was someone I recommended to people. I read books. I went to see him live. I followed his ministry. I and and I had a he was an example to me. I think we all have models in our mind of what we admire and what we respect and all those top ten. Uh, whether they're celebrities or not, you've got that your yeah. top ten listed, and so he was one of those, and he went down, and then also Bill Hybels, Bill, he- Bill Hybels even more. I told somebody that arguably over a twenty-five year period, he had more impact on my life than any other single person outside of just the ones that are closest to me, like my own personal pastor or my friends or whatever else. But as far as Christian leaders go, so that was a brutal pill Mm -hmm. so that kind of hurt has happened and then i have walked with friends who people that i served with and and uh uh, and then i've actually i went through a situation where i did feel betrayed by someone and and so that's a long way of saying yes but and i I don't want to sound real sanctimonious here i don't i don't view it as being hurt by the church like uh broadly speaking I view it as being hurt by some people, but I really, truly have tried to, to to separate those things out. This individual person did hurt me, uh, and I need to go through all the processes just like everybody else, forgiveness and, and restoration and reconciliation if I can, this, that, and the other. But I honestly haven't seen it as the church itself, therefore, because I've seen many friends of mine, but not, not many, that's an exaggeration. I've seen people that I've known when they go through a hurt, they kind of feel hurt by the church writ broadly. Like it is the church itself as an idea, as an institution. And I've not really interpreted it that way. Does that make sense to say? Yeah, for sure. But you're free to challenge me on that. No, I'm, it's your experience. You know, that's what we're asking about. <laughs> uh, so I have had it happen, mm-hmm. but it's not caused me to go through some kind of disillusionment with the church itself as a, as a broad institution or experience or something like that. Yeah. And I can see why it could happen because again, it's that leadership thing. It's yeah. like if someone, if I were um, in a congregation where the pastor had, you know, fallen in some sense, I might be disillusioned with that church, uh, which I have had things that kind of approach that, but not the church as a whole to where I'm disillusioned with church as a principle. Yeah. I think so. Um, I didn't, I'll just answer a little bit for myself in some situations in the past where I don't know if it's specific situations until I realized until I was out of them um, to realize that there were some things that I say that sometimes I feel like I have to unlearn things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, That I feel like we're almost pushed on me to a point where it's like, you have to believe this. And if you don't, then you're not a Christian, you know, or you don't believe in um, Jesus of the Bible. And it's like, I've looked back at some of those things now. I'm like, not only were they 
I feel like anti-gospel. Um, they were a, an aspect of what I would say is control. And, and that's oh, something right. that, yeah. that scares me more. And so like when you're talking about like finding people that you still trust, like that's important to me because I need to know that it's not everybody in the church that thinks that way or acts that way or is that way. Um, right. So it's really important on that. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, if I say hurt and I even said it on the online version, you know, hurt or disillusionment has been like, oh yeah, like I don't want to be a part of that. And it makes yeah. sense. Like people that have had experiences, they don't want to be a part of that um, after they've been hurt. Uh, I remember following some people that have been online, uh, online uh, reading some stories of, of people who uh, were, were in youth and their youth pastor uh, abused them in different ways. And it's oh, like, gosh. like, of course, why would they ever want to come back, you know, right. and be a part of that when that happened um, in that safe space, supposedly safe space. Yeah. It, it, and that's, that's the tragedy of it. And then, and also you, you, you can have leadership that becomes so pervasive within an individual culture that that church itself can be a hurtful thing as a whole. It's not just the leader that, that because the leader can have so much impact uh, that, like you said, certain beliefs that are a little bit outside the lines as far as what's truly orthodox or whatever else. But it, but it's a, it's a cultural thing within this body of believers yeah. that everybody thinks this way. There's a group think thing to the point where that becomes abusive. And I can see how somebody would say the church hurt me as a, as a larger principle rather mm -hmm. than an individual. And that's, that shows the impact of leadership. But then that is, that's really, really hard to untangle. And I, I have a person in my family who was, I mean, criminally abused mm. uh, by a, a, a youth pastor and mm. to, to her, endless credit she's still a vibrant believer and part of a body and everything and if you ever had anybody who would have an excuse not to be she's got it i mean she was handed that card yeah. and, and but it's not that way but that doesn't mean that she didn't go through just immense hurt and 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 disillusionment and all the rest it, uh, it, but it can be done you can come out on the other side but it's not easy it's a tricky business to be a part of i mean <laughs> it really is it's, kind of sums it up pretty well the um, tricky business of but I mean, in a sense, it shouldn't be. I mean, obviously, people should not be abusing other people. That is pretty simple to me. But um, the idea of like even you as as lead pastor of our church, you know, like you're held to a standard that is so different than someone who maybe just comes in on a Sunday. Um, like there, right. people are fo following and watching what you do and what you say and how you say it, and um, you can you can really break some trust with people on some of those things. It's really hard uh, stuff to be a part of that. Yeah, and you have to be reminded of that. And the Bible, to be fair, says that. You know, in James chapter three, it says, "You know, those who not many should be presumed to be teachers, because teachers will be judged by a higher standard." And there's been a theological debate over: is it talking about God holding that standard or people? And I think the answer is both. I mean, it's 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 a reality that you have, but you you have to understand that and respect that. Like yeah. when you stand up there. Uh, I can't feel sorry for myself. I have to know this is a part of the package. And right. if I presume that, and if I'm also in the name of God standing up there, that's even a larger kind of presumption that I'm making about. And I have to be prepared because sometimes it is kind of, it's not annoying, but it's just kind of like, huh, it's wearying. Yeah. Like sometimes I just want to just not be that way. Right. Just kind of live my life, however, and, and not have people make some extrapolations to larger things because I've done something. But But that's not part of the package and i know that going in yeah but. uh i think we had about two or three questions that kind of all revolved around the same kind of topic and it was people asking if a leader or a pastor has fallen 
can they be restored? Yeah. Um, basically, was the question that they asked. Yeah, and and that, that kind of was interesting that that enough people kind of questioned that, and that's I think that's a gracious side of the the fallen thing because I go through the list at the beginning and I, I use these extreme kind of high platform, uh, large platform people. And I think your instinct is to say, no, and I don't want to restore them. You know, they, <laughs> maybe not everybody did that, but I, I think I do in the back of my head. But on the other hand, it seems like the answer should be a, an absolute yes. Of course they can, because that's what this whole thing's about. But the, but the, I guess the challenge is restored to what? Yeah. Restored to the former platform? Probably not restored to Christian fellowship and the relationship with the Lord and a respectful thing where if uh, say Bill Hybels were to do all the stuff that he should be done, should he be back in charge of the leadership summit? Probably not, but, or I'd say certainly not in, in his yeah. sense. Should he go back to the largest, the large platform that he had, but should he walk into a, a place where there's fellowship and goodness and his gifts are honored just like anybody else? Yeah. I mean, he should be a part of the community, but that's, I think that's the dilemma that we all get into. Should this person be restored to what they had that's a much more complicated question and i tend to be a little negative on though not absolutely mm -hmm. uh king david is a good example we were talking about that in a meeting today you know king david did some pretty horrible stuff god left him king now god also made his life miserable uh, yeah. even though he was king after that so i mean so but i i think there's there's something to that you know he let him stay in the position but it wasn't like at no cost or just uh, like he blew it off like oh yeah sure you can return to king it's no big deal so there's but i think absolutely people should if they're genuinely repentant ought to be re restored and reconciled to relationships and uh treated uh just like they would have been because in some sense we're all uh, the message is we've all been reconciled by god yeah and to god yeah and that's when the you know i don't know if this is other other listeners feel the same way but i think that's a struggle i think that one's hard like as someone who whether if you've been personally hurt or if you've just been a part of something and that trust is broken it's really hard to just be like oh yeah you're back doing some things uh, and around it's like but yeah. at the same time my brain and and you know the the side that i know of like you're saying reconciliation i mean that's what we're all about i mean that's literally yeah, yeah. um yeah. the church and so it's like trying to like where else and i've always said this too it's like where else do you want people to go like do you want them to go someplace that's not the church um exactly. to kind of be yeah. restored in things um but yet also if they've been hurt at that space it's hard to get them back in there so yeah, and Paul addresses that in the New Testament where he says, you know, turn someone over to Satan, which you don't, we don't use that language, don't do a lot of that. It sounds like they had like some kind of ceremony back in the yeah. day, like, okay, we're giving you over to Satan. What does that mean? But then he says, later, he says, bring him back in so he won't be overcome with excessive sorrow. So you do this thing, this punishment thing, whatever that looks like, but you're always in the posture of it's for the purposes of reconciliation and restoration. Yeah. So you're always after that. But I think the key is, what are you restoring them to? Do you have to restore somebody to their former celebrity status as some big pastor or worship leader? Well, no. There's nothing that says that, but restore to relationships with people and loving, kind stuff. Well, absolutely. So mm -hmm. I think that's where we kind of have to make some kind of separation on what we're actually the goal is anyway. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's see if there are any other questions that popped up that we didn't get to answer. Again, you can find uh, most of the questions on the Q and A at the end of the message. Uh, you can search uh, One Life Church on YouTube. You can find that message. It's called One Life Explore Edition. Um, so I think someone asked a 
some there were some other questions that had nothing to do with which i feel like i need to just add some of them that's in there. okay because i meant to preface it by saying let's be on subject today but then again we did say you, if you have questions just ask him and so they did and okay. some of them are you know interesting someone said do you is there a girls middle school bible study which is really funny that somebody texted that in while they were listening to your message. <laughs> Maybe they couldn't get anybody to answer that question. And they, that's, they couldn't. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they were here. Hopefully you found the answer to that. If not, email it, podcast at onelifechurch.org. Right. I'll get you taken care of. Um, let's see. When should we expect Jesus to return to the world? That one came up. <laughs> Too bad uh, we didn't ask that one publicly. That could have put me on the spot and been a real uh, I'm pretty sure. pretty sure one of our friends uh, sent a message in asking about apologists. So that one was pretty funny. Yeah. And, but other than that, I mean, we had mostly questions about, you know, hurt and um, have we given the church too many chances? Uh, I think it was a question that I'm not sure we got to that one, or maybe we answered Yeah, in the public services, we, yeah. we talked about that a little bit on, on the, uh, a few days before we did Sunday. Um, have we given the church too many chances? Uh, I think, I really don't think we have, because when you look at it, um, the message itself is that the church is supposed to be this redeemed community where God himself is by definition giving all of us not just chances, but literally adopts us into his family. Because we say God is a God of a second chance. I've never really liked that phrase. He's really not the God of chances at all. He's the God of genuine redemption and making people his children. And so, and he makes you his child, even though you don't deserve to be his child. So, the church itself have we given that well if you're his child you're in his church so you're a part of that community as it were now have we given christian leadership too many chances maybe but not the church itself and i kind of make that distinction a little bit because jesus condemned outright a whole generation of of leaders in his day uh, but at the same time uh, he will raise up others so on one hand, we need to be careful we're not giving anybody too many chances because we're all um, you know, sinners who have been redeemed. But at the same time, uh, yeah, we probably ought to be careful about you can give someone too many chances that has been abusive. I know that's a sure. thing that happens. Okay, I'm going to, because that's, that's one of the reasons people stay in abusive relationships and even in abusive church environments is, uh, oh, he didn't really mean that when he obviously flew off the handle and did yeah. something crazy. Um, no, you you can give someone too many chances in that sense. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to stay under someone's leadership or something like that. Yeah, and I just felt urged, as you said that, as you're talking about abuse, we've talked about that a few times here. If you're listening and that's something that um, you're struggling with, um, again, contact us. We'd love to put you in touch with somebody maybe to talk about some of those things with because there's probably some serious stuff out there that if you're listening and it's just bringing up some some things for you we'd love to connect you with somebody maybe even professionally to, to have some conversations with because um, i know that stuff goes on and yeah, i want to make absolutely. sure we're um, aware of those things we're not just talking about things that are hypotheticals these are real things that have happened to real people and i want to be um, compassionate to that yeah and, I, and i'd point people to the 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 podcast with paul lingy because yeah. we talked about that forgiveness is an absolutely a, a critical thing to do but reconciliation is a different thing so uh, giving someone too many chances, I guess it does raise that up. If you can get in abusive spiritual environments or whatever else, and you ought to be forgiving, but that's, that doesn't mean you have to stay in. That doesn't have to, you, you need to be reconciled. Some, some situations are dangerous. Not only you could be physically, but even emotionally or spiritually. Otherwise, 
it is a good idea not to give any more chances and move on uh, and forgive from a distance, as it were. But I'd, I'd, I'd commend anybody to that podcast there because he explained those kind of those differences uh, between forgiveness and those different issues like reconciliation. Yeah. Um, okay, so kind of the end of your message, you were talking about the question is like, how, do, how should we respond to these things? What do we do? Uh, can you kind of give people just a little bit of that? Yeah, I, I think when we closed out, it was – People need to know that they have a right, they have a responsibility, and an encouragement in the New Testament to test and examine. And you don't have to because someone wears the label of spiritual leader. It doesn't mean you have to drink in everything they say uh, because there is a higher and more ultimate authority behind them that their job is to represent. And to the extent they represent it, that's good. And if the, to the extent they do not, you're free to notice. You're free to even reject at some point. Hey, you're not representing the truth. And so uh, that's how we ought to respond. And I said, you know, be open, but watch out. Jesus said, watch out for false prophets. Watch out for false teachers. So you're supposed to be vigilant about this. You're supposed to literally keep your eyes open. And if you feel, uh, if you're getting warning lights on the dashboard, you know, those red flags are going off, uh, pay attention to those things. And it's okay uh, don't feel like you're doing something wrong. I think that's what sometimes people feel guilty for. They feel unspiritual. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, man, that guy just said something I think may not be true or I disagree with and makes me feel awkward or whatever else. Okay, well, that might be a signal to you that uh, something is off. Because as we, uh, I think we recommended the the podcast, uh, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Yeah. And we would point anybody to that. That's one of the things, one of the reasons we did this thing, We the subject we just did. But people always go back and talk about, well, you know, there were times when I started thinking things were a little off, and and I kind of wish I would have. You know, they'll fill in blanks like that. Well, I think they don't because they don't feel permission to. I would say give yourself permission to. I didn't mean I have to be a jerk. It's just, okay, I got a little warning line on the dash dashboard. Tap the brake, say something to somebody, you know, question something that goes on, and and take it from there. But you're perfectly safe to do that. And it's actually a healthy thing. Yeah. Um, you're talking about rise and fall of Mars Hill and, you know, yeah, I mean, some of the questions and topics that they go through in there have been fascinating and we've enjoyed just dialoguing about it as a, as a team. And, and some of the things in there are so fascinating because what I still is hard to sometimes connect And yet you've talked about, you know, King David is a good example of this, but so obviously some bad things have happened, had did happen um, in Marcel. Um, and there's probably still a lot of hurt and things that are still going to be untangled for years to come for people that were a part of that. Um, but there's also this side where hundreds of thousands of people know the gospel of Jesus because of that ministry. And yeah. it kind of goes, it's like, it's a weird thing. And it kind of even goes back to the first thing you talked about. It's like, there's some people that, that, that light bulb is out and some that it's on and they have still you know, continuing on with the mission that Marcel maybe even had. Um, and it's really hard to, to, to say that both of those things are true. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is, and that's the tension that they deal with in that. And, but to be fair, we are warned of that. And we're told about that, even the new Testament itself, you know, Paul even says it is true. He says in Philippians one, it is true that some preach Christ out of selfish ambition and for the wrong motives and all this others preach Christ out of the right motives. But he said, I rejoice that Christ is preached. So again, that goes back to the truth is not dependent on the messenger. It's not dependent on it. Uh, someone who is rotten to the core can actually say that Jesus rose again from the dead and it'd still be true. And someone can hear that as the truth and receive it and be changed by it because it, it Paul is actually saying that the power genuinely is in the message 
more so than the messenger. And throughout church history, they've gone back and they've there was uh, there was a doctrine actually that was created back in the second century where they they were talking about well if if a, if a pastor were serving you communion and his life were immoral, does that mean the communion is corrupted? <laughs> and they concluded no. You can have a corrupt vessel that's giving you the communion, but the communion still has the meaning for you. Sure. You can't change the meaning because communion was given by Christ and the meaning was given by Christ. And especially if you don't even know that person has corruption in them, you can receive it. So it's it's tricky, but we need to remember those things. And uh, uh, so it is possible, as weird as it sounds, that lives can be impacted. And the other thing, too, they say in, that most of all, all these ministries start off uh, really good. All of them, but I think most of them start off really, really good, but they end up in territory where I think Mars Hill was a case of a guy getting a larger platform than he was prepared to have based on his character. That happens to a lot of people these days. He was the first big internet sensation. And, you know, you start reaching millions of people when, you know, a few years ago you were reaching hundreds. It might go to your head. Yeah. You know, and... And the Bible certainly is filled with warnings like that, warning against temptations and everything. So, but that doesn't mean that those early days weren't pure and good and right and impactful. Even the the scripture you read in the message or in the it wasn't really a message, but it was kind of the conversation that we right. had yesterday. Um, we we're talking about how, um, you know, Jesus even says about the religious leaders, do what they say, but not what they do. And, and like, right. there's that fear sometimes. I think that. Uh, and one of the questions that came in, I'll be honest, it was mine. It was like, how do we know that we're not just those religious leaders too? Like, like that was a, you. That was me. Yeah. Um, that was a toughie too. It, it's one of those where it's like, if I read some through that sometimes, like I have to, I have to get myself there. I have to go through the process and know why I'm not. But there's that fear sometimes of like, oh, are we just doing all those things too? Sometimes and forgetting oh, um, some of the simplicity and the beautiful uh, message of the gospel. And I don't think it is, but there's a lot of times, I mean, even in our jobs, I mean, I'm part of our creative team and we can get really focused on the creative and I'm like, wait, we, okay, I got to get to the why. Okay, we're good. All right. You know, and now I'm good Absolutely. and I got to move sure. forward. Sure. Well, and, and that's, what's going to, I think in the, in the weeks coming forward, we're doing the series, we've named it inside out and, and it's Luke chapter 11 and Jesus sits down at a Pharisee's house and he starts, <laughs> he starts tearing into the guy basically, but I'm going to look at the tearing into, what does he say? Yeah. And, uh, and that's where you can kind of assess uh, what kinds of things did he call out. And then I think, and we're also going to talk about what kind of things can you do, and did he say you should do, to keep from being that way. And some of them are very simple. Uh, that's why he said in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, give in secret, uh, pray with no one watching. Make sure you have these practices in your life that keep you from doing things just for the sake of being seen by people and all that sort of stuff. Because obviously he gave those practices to all of us because we could all be tempted to that. Yeah. I'm really just playing this religious game because it's the, the circle of friends I'm in. They all pay attention and they want to, and I want them to think oh, I'm a spiritual guy or whatever else. So I need to pray in secret. I need to give in secret. I need to have my heart right before God without anybody being able to see what I'm doing one way or the other. Yeah. Oh, man, Brett. Thanks for jumping in and answering some of these questions or at least discussing them to oh, it's a good time. create I appreciate some space it. for people. Hopefully, yeah, as you listen, it's giving you some more things to think about. If you have more questions that pop up, um, we might be able to get to all of them all the time, but we'd love to be a part of dialogue with you. Uh, again, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. And also, again, I would push you to check out One Life Explore Edition. Again, search One Life Church on YouTube. You can find uh, that latest episode uh, there. It should be right there at the top. You can find it, watch it, and leave a comment. Let us know that you watched it from the podcast. That'd be pretty cool. Good plan. Yeah. 
Anything else? Uh, you talked about the next series coming up. Yeah, two Inside things. Out. It is we're going to study Luke, where he does talk about hypocrisy and 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 goes after that. So it, it'll give us some insight to kind of build on the ideas we're talking about in this. And then the next Explore edition is November seventh, and it's going to be these are going to be different. They're going to handle different topics. Topics. This is going to be how consciousness points to God. And it's going to be from my friend Braxton Hunter. He's been on our podcast before, and it'll be very different kind of material. But I think it'll be fascinating. We're going to talk about yeah. AI and zombies and oh. how you're brain works and how does that show you have a soul and near-death experiences and it's going to be it'll, it'll be fun it'll be a good time so be watching for that one awesome thank you guys so much for joining us today brett we did it even after we went to the fall festival today we got an episode recorded without falling asleep without yeah, falling asleep that's right we had all kinds of good food uh here in the tri-state area we have something called the fall festival there's a bunch of food booths i had a giant pork chop on a stick and it was amazing it did look amazing it's pretty good <laughs> guys thanks so much for joining us uh we will see you again next time